Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, we know, had his conversion experience with the Lord on a road to Damascus. And once he met the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, his goal from that point on, his goal became to become like Jesus. That was his goal. His goal was more about being who God wanted him to be than it was just about doing what God had called him to do. And the reason why I've called this message today a roadmap to personal change is because nothing else in our life, none of our other relationships, none of our finances, uh, none of those kinds of things are going to change in our lives until we experience personal change, until we ourselves change. And so that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about all these things that he would like to see changed in his life. As a result of him becoming a follower of Jesus, and then in verse 12, he says this. He said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. And that's where so many of us are here this morning. There's so many things that we want to achieve, but we've not yet achieved those things. Nor did he say, have I already reached perfection? Now, when he talks about perfection, he's not talking about never failing, never making mistakes. The better word is completeness or wholeness or holiness being like Jesus. So he said, I'm on this journey, but I'm not yet where I want to go. And so he goes on and he says, but I keep working toward that day. Notice he said, just because I haven't gotten there yet, I'm not going to get discouraged and quit and throw in the towel. But he said, I'm going to keep working toward that day when I will finally be all Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. And then he goes on in verse 13 and he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still not all I should be. Somebody say amen to that this morning. I know I'm not all that I should be. But here's what he said. He said, I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing. And we know what that one thing is. It's to be like Jesus. And so he says, here's what's going to have to happen for me to do that. Forgetting the past. Now, when Paul says that he's going to forget the past, he's not saying that I refuse to learn from the past. But he said, I'm going to forget the past. I'm not going to allow what I didn't achieve to hold me back. And then he says, I'm going to forget the past and I'm going to look forward to what lies ahead. Now, let me just warn you of a danger here if you're not careful. Sometimes in forgetting the past and looking forward, you can get really discouraged when you see how far you still need to go. So we don't need to, at the first of the year, we don't need to just look at how far we are from still reaching our goal, how far we are from being like Jesus but it also would serve us well to look back at the past and measure the progress that we've already made. Amen? And sometimes we fail to do that. Sometimes we fail to measure our progress and we get discouraged. And I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the message today. And all we see is how much further we've got to go. But somebody in this room today needs to know you're a lot further along today than you were this time last year. And you don't have nearly as far to go to get to where God wants to take you as an individual than you did at this point last year. But now if I'm going to go into 2018 and I'm going to see 
and to experience personal change in my life. What are some things, some practical things, and this is going to be very practical this morning, but what are some practical things that I need to do in order for that to happen? Well, here's the first thing I've got to do, and I know this sounds so cliche, but I've got to stay focused on the goal. How many of you have goals for 2018? Goals for your life, goals for your marriage, goals for your family, goals for your finances, goals for your physical well-being, goals. But can I tell you, I believe that the Bible tells us as followers of Christ what the number one goal is to be of our life, and it's the same thing that Paul was striving for. And he tells us about it here in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For God knew his people in advance... And he chose them, now here's the goal, to become like his son. That, that should be the goal of every one of us when it comes to personal change, is that in 2018, I want to become more like Jesus. I want to be conformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. The Bible goes on and tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 that as the spirit of the Lord works where within us. So we need to understand that this journey of personal change is an inside out job. It's something that begins on the inside. Listen, your world is not going to change by trying to change everything in your world. Your circumstances are not going to change by trying to change your circumstances. What needs to change in 2018 is us as individuals. And that change is a change that is, is, is a work of the Holy Spirit that begins on the inside of us and works itself out. And so notice what he said. He said that the Spirit of the Lord works within us and we become, I love this, more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. Oh, that's what I want my life to be. We talk about being light, and being light is reflecting the glory of God, and I want the Spirit of the Lord to work on the inside of me every day of my life so that I am conformed more and more into the image of the Lord, so that I become more and more like him and reflect his glory even more. And what does that look like? Galatians 5 tells us what it looks like. When the Holy Spirit works on the inside of us, here's what he produces. He produces this kind of fruit. He produces this kind of light in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, goodness, self or gentleness, and self-control. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about be light. This is what it looks like to be light in a dark world. Notice what he said, the Holy Spirit produces love. How many of you in 2018 would like the Holy Spirit to make you a more loving person? That, that you can love others the way that God loves you. That you can love others with an unconditional love. That others don't feel like you love them and that your love for them is based upon their performance for you. But that you just love them unconditionally. You love them with an agape God kind of love. And you know that God doesn't love us based on our performance. So whether I succeeded at some things in 2017 or whether I failed at some things, I can tell you one thing. God loves me just as much on the last day of the year as he loved me on the first day of 2017. And you need to know that this morning. And that's the way we need to love one another. I want to be more loving. Notice what he said. He said also when the Holy Spirit works in us, what does he produce? Joy. 
Okay, here's what we're going to do. Put on your joy face. Look at somebody beside you. Put on your joy face. We got to learn how to wear our joy face. Joy. You say, now, pastor, when you ask us to do that, do you want me to fake it even though I don't feel it? I'm not telling you to fake joy. You should not have to fake joy. And let me tell you why you shouldn't have to fake joy. Because joy that is produced by the Holy Spirit is not a joy that is determined by my circumstances. And some people's joy is based upon how good of a day they have. Or how good their drive was to work. If they had a good day, then they're joyful. If they had a bad day, then they're not joyful. But my joy is not based on my circumstances. Let me tell you what my joy is based on. My joy is based upon my relationship with God and what I know about God to be true. So it doesn't matter what my circumstances say. What matters is what God says. And what matters is what the Word of God says. And that's why whether my circumstances are good or whether my circumstances are bad, I still can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice because of who God is and because of His promises that he's given us and he is faithful to do what he has promised to do. I want to be more loving. We need to be more loving in 2018. We need to be more joyful in 2018. We, we need more peace. And let me tell you, when I think about peace, I think about the ministry of reconciliation. That's what I think about. And, and how that in 2018 that God wants to use you to be a peacemaker. How in 2018 God wants to use you to bring reconciliation to broken relationships in your life. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's with a child. Maybe it's with another family member. Maybe it's with another church member. I don't know. But in 2018 God says I want somebody that will step up and take the initiative and say you know what? This relationship's been destroyed long enough. This relationship's had tension long enough. This relationship's been broken long enough. In 2018 I'm going to take the initiative. I'm going to take the first step to be a peacemaker and to reconcile broken relationships in my life. Somebody say amen to that. More joy, more love, more peace. And oh, couldn't we all in 2018 use more patience? more patience. We need to be as patient with others as God is patient with us. And if you don't have anything else to be thankful for this morning, be thankful that God's been patient with you in this process. Be thankful that God has not given up on you in this journey because we all know that we're not conformed to the image of Christ overnight. And God has not given up on us. God has not thrown in the towel, but God is patient and long-suffering with his children. And then we're going and it says kindness and goodness and faithfulness. That means that God is a loyal God and he wants us to be loyal people. Gentleness and self-control or self-restraint. If you want to stop smoking, if you want to stop drinking or drink less, if you want to get some control of those areas in your life, willpower alone is not enough, Summerton Church of God. You need the Holy Spirit of God working on the inside of you, producing this kind of fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because that's the only way we can have victory over our flesh. The only way we can have victory in our life is as the Holy Spirit works in us to make us like Jesus. Keep your eyes, stay focused on the goal to be like Jesus. Here's the second thing that we've got to do. If we're going to experience personal change in 2018, we've got to recognize that our spiritual growth is a process. 
boy, you ought to be thankful that it is because most of us are still in that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Here's, here's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He said, I am sure. And just as the apostle Paul was sure about this, so am I sure about this. But he said, I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue the work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ comes back again. Look at the three words that I've underlined. He who began will continue until it's finished. And there's so many here this morning. We began, so where we are in the process is we're in that continuing stage. But one day, the Bible says when Jesus returns, that we shall be just like him. Because we shall see him as he is. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. Lord, just make me more like you. But it is a process. So don't get discouraged this morning. You're still in process. If you didn't succeed at something in 2017, don't get discouraged and quit and not have goals for 2018. Just understand you're in process. And as I've told you before, the Bible says that a righteous man may fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up on his feet and he keeps getting to where it is that God wants him to go because the Bible says that the righteous step or the, the, the steps of a righteous person, they are ordered by the Lord. You just keep walking and eventually you'll get to where it is that God wants you to go. Amen. Keep your eyes on the goal. Understand your spiritual growth is a process. But then here's a third thing. You've got to ask God to help you with those roadblocks. You, some of you know what I'm talking about when I talk about roadblocks. Those things that keep hindering you. Those things that stand in your way of getting to where it is that you know God has called you to go. Or be who God has called you to be. Those things that just keep creeping up. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 1. It says we've got to strip off every weight. Every weight, those things that are slowing us down, those things that are weighing us down. We've got to strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. So there's two things that we've got to deal with. We've got to deal with those things. It could be good things that weigh us down that just aren't necessarily good for us on our journey. And so he says you've got to strip off those things that weigh you down, but you've especially got to get rid of that sin that so easily hinders our progress. And I could, I could name a number of different things here today that would serve as roadblocks in our lives. But I just want to mention a few here today that if you will just work on these few things in 2018 and remove these roadblocks in your life, you will have the best year you've ever had as it relates to your spiritual progress. And one of those things is this, negative people. Now, I'm, not, I'm not telling you to be mean. And you may even be married to a negative person. I'm not telling you to leave them. It's not what I'm saying. But you understand that sometimes we surround ourselves with people who are more of a hindrance to us than they are a help to us. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 that bad company corrupts good people or corrupts good character. And so as we go into 2018, you really need to pray about the people that you give access to in your life. And you need to make sure that it's not people that when you get out of their presence that you feel worse about yourself 
but people that when you get into their presence, you feel better about yourself because of the words they've spoken over you, because of the way that they've built you up, because of the way that they have encouraged you. I promise you, if you will strip off, if you will eliminate the negative, not that you're not going to have anything to do, not that you're going to be mean with them, but you're going to say, listen, I just can't let your negativity keep me from what God has in store for my life any longer. And so this year, I'm moving forward with you or without you. So, so, so negative people, but not just negative people, but negative thinking. You know, too many people, when they go into a new year, when God wants to do a new thing, they have that grasshopper complex that the children of Israel had. When they were getting ready to go into the promised land and 12 spies went in to spy out the land and 10 came back with what? A negative report. They said those giants in the land over there are so big that we look like grasshoppers. In their size. And some of you, when you think about the things that God wants to do in you and through you and for you in 2018, you think, man, that is so huge. I feel so small when I think about the big things that God wants to do. And you begin to have that grasshopper complex like, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the ability. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the education. I don't have what it takes to accomplish those kinds of big things. That is a grasshopper complex. And what you need to do is you go into 2018 is you don't need to think about your limitations. You need to think about a God that can do anything. Amen. When you surrender your life and your vision to him and when you surrender your, your year to him and you say, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't have the ability. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the education. I don't have the resources. That's okay because God's got everything that you need, everything that you don't have. And if you'll just stay focused on a loyal, faithful God, God, you'll be able to do in 2018 what you've never been able to accomplish in 2017 because it'll not be about you doing it. It'll be about the God in you doing it. Amen. Oh, somebody ought to give God a good praise here today. Amen. Negative people, negative thinking. It's a roadblock that keeps you. You've got to believe you can do this. And then negative talk. You do know nobody wants to hear this stuff, this negative talk. It's just moaning and groaning and complaining. I was listening to John Maxwell the other day, and, and, and John was talking about complainers and moaners and groaners. He pastored at one time, and he said, man, he said, it used to be that when I would get into the presence of these complainers and moaners and groaners, I would say, oh, God, just take me home right now. Just give me out. God, just take me home right now. And he said, then I started praying, no, God, don't take me. Take them. Take them home. Take them home. He said, God spoke back to me and said, I don't want them up here. John said, so then I figured out that's why complainers and moaners and groaners live so long. It's because God ain't ready for them in heaven. Thank you, God. I want, you to, I want you to notice how negative talk can keep you from God's destiny from your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, here's what Paul said. He said, I do not want you to forget. You see, there are some things in our past that we need to remember. He said, I do not want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago, talking about the children of Israel. When God brought them out of Egypt, taking them toward their promised land. He said, all of them were guided by a cloud 
that moved ahead of them. In other words, all of them saw that cloud that represented my presence. And all of them walked through the sea on dry land. Dry land. They, they experienced that miracle. He said, and in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. They all enjoyed the same provision that I gave to them. And he said, all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Now, you would think that 40 years in the wilderness and God providing for them, the Bible even says that for 40 years their shoes did not wear out. And their clothes did not wear out. God provided. God protected. God took care of them. You think they would be grateful for that. You think. But then the Bible says, yet God was not pleased with most of them. And look what happened. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. In other words, they died in the wilderness because of their complaining and never got to the promised land. Never got to their place of destiny because of their negative talk. And Paul even tells us that in verse 10. He says, don't grumble as some of them did. And they were destroyed by the angel of death. That's what happens to negative complaining people. They don't know what it's like to live. They don't know what it's like to live life to the fullest. And then Paul said, these things happen to them as examples for us. In other words, let's not live our lives as complainers. Let's not live our lives as groaners and moaners because it's just going to keep us from what God has in store for us. Philippians chapter 2, talking about being light, says do everything without complaining. And he's talking about even against God. Sometimes when you don't understand why God works the way that he does, why God does the things that he does, why God does things the way that God does things. He said, don't gripe and complain about those kinds of things so that no one can criticize you. But he said, live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. There's enough complainers in this world. There's enough groaners and moaners in this world. What this world needs is for some people to be light who will speak words of praise and who will speak words of edification. And that's what Paul was trying to tell us in Ephesians 4 and 29 when he said, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. How many? None. Don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only what is good and necessary for edification. In other words, the words that come out of our mouth should be words that edify and build up. And then he goes on and he says that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do you know what grace is? Grace is the power to change. And so when you are speaking encouraging words of life into someone else's life, you are giving them the grace. You are giving them the power to change. And so if you want to see that husband or that wife change, if you want to see that child change, if you want to see those circumstances change, it's going to depend upon the words of life that you speak over that spouse and that you speak over those children and that you speak over that situation because when you speak words of life, you are imparting power to change. You are enabling them and encouraging them to change to be the person that God's called them to be. Negative people. <laughs> Rid of them. Negative thinking. Negative talking. There's no place for that in a person's life who truly wants to be like Jesus. Amen? 
Let me go on to the next point. That is, if we're going to experience personal change like never before in 2018, we have got to stop to refuel. You see, this is what happens. This is why so many people are scholars when it comes to the book of Genesis. Because they make a commitment, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. And they make it through Genesis. (laughs) Usually that's about as far as it goes. Every year. So you've read the book of Genesis for 20 years. And the reason why is because you get to a particular point to where you get weary. You know, you can get weary in this journey. You can get weary in this process. And that's why Paul tells us this. He says, do not let us grow weary while doing good. Because in due season, somebody needs to know this. I just really sense this in my heart this morning. That 2018 is going to be somebody's due season. Something you've been praying for. Something that you've been believing God for. Something that you've been hanging on tightly to. That you've not let go of. And you've wondered, God, is it ever going to happen? And you're about to get weary. You're about to get tired. You're about to give up. But God wants somebody to know that 2018 is your due season. Your due season, your harvest is about to come in. Oh, somebody ought to receive that right there by faith. Amen. (laughs) He said, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I know what it's like to be weary. I know what it's like to burn out. The prophet Elijah knew what it was like to burn out. You understand that he had his greatest encounter with God on Mount Carmel when God answered by fire and the prophets of Baal were destroyed. I mean, it was the greatest thing that that Elijah experienced in his ministry. But just after that, we find him under a tree, burnt out, wanting to die. And that's where burnout takes you. Here's, Here's what I've noticed about burnout. Burnout causes us to depreciate our worth. Now, somebody needs to hear what I'm about to say. Causes us to depreciate our worth. Here's what Elijah said in his state of burnout. He said, Lord, I'm no better than my ancestors. In other words, God, I thought I would succeed more than they succeeded. I thought when it come to these people's hearts being changed and they were not able to change their hearts, I thought, God, that you were the one, you were going to use me to do that. But, God, I'm no better than my ancestors. These people are no better off under my leadership than they've been under previous leaderships. He depreciated his worth. But not only do we depreciate our worth by saying, I'm no better than, another thing that happens is we underrate our work. Because when Elijah looked at things, he said, I've been preaching, I've been prophesying, I've been teaching these folks, I've been spending time with these people. And he said, they're just as evil today as they were the day I started talking. He started underrating his work like he wasn't seeing any kind of change. Here's what I've had to understand. I cannot change anybody. 
And if I want to get weary, if I want to burn out, then, then I just need to get in the business of trying to change people. I can't change people. All I can do is get up and share the word of God that God has given me and pray that the word of God will fall upon good soil and that the Holy Spirit will take control of people's lives and that he will make the change. You understand, you can't change your spouse. You understand you can't change your children. You can't change your parents. You can't change those people. All you can do is pray. All you can do is speak words of life. And then it's the Holy Spirit, as we talked about, that works on the inside to bring about the change that needs to take place in their life. So we depreciate our worth, we underrate our work, and then we exaggerate our problems. When we're burned out, our problems seem so much bigger than what they really are. And here's what Elijah said. I'm the only one that hasn't bowed a knee to Baal. He's exaggerating. He's not the only one. God spoke to him and said, I got 7,000 more that have never put down a knee to Baal. But when we're burnt out, we exaggerate. Things are so much worse. Our perspective is so distorted. Things are so much worse than what they really are. And then the final thing is we abandon our dreams. We abandon them. That's, what, that's exactly what Elijah did. He crawled up under that juniper tree and he said, oh, God, just take me now. Just kill me. And that's what happens when you get weary. That's what happens when you get burned out. So you've got to stop and refuel. That's what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 23 when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me to lie down. That's what some of you need to do. You need to just lie down. <laughs> Refuel. He said he makes me to lie down where in green, lush pastures. And it says that he leads me beside quiet waters. And oh, this is what somebody needs this morning. He restores my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. He restores my soul. And some of you here today, you are weary. Maybe 2017 dealt you some blows. And maybe you're weary. Maybe you're burned out. But oh, he is the good shepherd. And he's here to restore your soul. But not only that, Paul said, don't be unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine isn't which is excess but but be filled be filled with the spirit and the and the language there is in the continuous present it it means be you continually filled in other words start drinking and keep drinking some of you that are here today that used to be alcoholics you know that in order to stay drunk you got to keep drinking and if you want to stay filled with the holy spirit if you want to stay drunk on the holy spirit you got to keep drinking there cannot be a day that goes by in 2018 that you don't drink of the well that never runs dry. Oh, come on. We got to make sure we stay fueled up so that we don't burn out. Amen. And then here's the last thing. We got to learn how to celebrate our progress. You just need to take some time to celebrate the progress. As the team comes and gets ready to Close us out this morning. Here, here's what I'm talking about. Let's say that your goal in 2017 was to stop smoking. And you're like, you know something, Pastor, it just, I, it didn't happen. I'm still smoking. Well, maybe you were smoking five packs, but now you're only smoking two packs. 
I know what some of you are thinking. I can't believe my pastor saying this. Oh, yeah, I'm saying this. That's progress. And you need to celebrate that progress. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's progress. And then you got to believe that by this time next year, I'm not even going to be smoking two packs. I'm going to be completely free and completely delivered from that. You know, maybe last year during Christmas when the traffic is horrible and, you know, somebody's cut you off in traffic, last year you would give them that one finger wave. You know what I'm talking about? But this year you gave them a five finger wave? That's progress. Are you hearing me? You see, sometimes we look at how much farther we need to go and we don't recognize how much progress we have made And we need to learn how to celebrate our progress. There were so many other things that I wanted to see happen at Summerton Church of God in 2017. But you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up over what didn't happen. I'm going to celebrate what did happen. And I'm going to say that God has given me another day and God has given me another year that is ahead of me. That what I did not achieve in 2017, he's given me another opportunity in 2018 to see it happen. Amen. Maybe you didn't lose weight or as much weight as you wanted to in 2017. Maybe you wanted to lose 50 pounds and you only lost 20. That's progress. We got to learn something. We got to learn how to celebrate our progress. Amen. Celebrate. We don't celebrate enough. We don't party enough. When people make progress in their spiritual journey, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate weddings. We, 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 we have parties for those kinds of things. And, uh, and, and I guarantee you, if Alabama wins another national championship, I got me a roll tide this morning. Oh, praise the Lord. That's as good as an amen right now. Thank you. But I guarantee you, if Alabama wins another national championship, there's going to be some celebrating. I know if Auburn wins another one, if Auburn wins another one, there's going to be some celebrating going on. Yeah, it's not going to happen this year, but there's always next year. It's amazing what we do celebrate in our lives and what we don't because we let the enemy beat us up over what didn't happen. Rather than us giving gratitude and thanks and praise to God over what did happen. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this room. And the first thing that I'm going to ask you to do is this. I'm going to ask you to just take a moment and I want you to celebrate like it's 1201, like the new year's coming in. And I mean, man, you're celebrating and you're partying and you're kissing your spouse. You know, all that cool stuff is going on. I want you just to take a moment right now and I want you to just celebrate the progress that you've made in 2017. Amen. Just celebrate it.